From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Jagruti Dave. China is banning U.S. Navy ships from docking in Hong Kong ports. The move is in retaliation to the U.S. passing legislation in support of Hong Kong protesters last week. In Washington, here's Kevin McAleese. In addition to stopping U.S. Navy vessels, Beijing announced sanctions on a number of pro-democracy, non-governmental organizations, or NGOs. Beijing was outraged after the U.S. adopted the Hong Kong Human Rights and Democracy Act into law. The legislation, which supports anti-government protesters in Hong Kong, was signed by President Trump last week. Trump said he signed the bill out of respect for China. Monday evening for two days of meetings with NATO leaders as the alliance marks its 70th year. The visit comes 10 days before the UK goes to the polls in a winter general election. Lucy Hoff has more. The summit was an increased carbon-cutting ambitions five-fold to keep global temperatures below 1.5 degrees Celsius. Gillian Wolfe reports. UN Secretary General Antonio Guterres spoke on the eve of the summit with a stark warning that the global response has been utterly inadequate. He said the world has only two options, either to sleepwalk past the point of no return or to aim for carbon neutrality by the year 2050. The conference, which was scheduled to take place in Chile but was cancelled due to social unrest, is now being hosted by Spain, with Chile still leading the diplomatic negotiations. Of the world leaders expected to attend, one notable absentee will be U.S. President Donald Trump. It comes after he announced the U.S. withdrawal from that landmark agreement last month, serving as a major blow in the race to avert a climate catastrophe. I'm Jillian Wolfe in New York. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. All right, you guys, welcome. Welcome to the program. We have a lot of information to go over. I've been off because we actually went out of town. We traveled all the way to Virginia so I could visit with family. And it was a fantastic time. We had a great time visiting with my parents and my sister. Out of town aunts came from all over the country and converged on my parents' new place. They got a new place uh, last month. And we just really, really... We had a good time. We had a really good time. So um, I'm excited uh, to be back from the break. And I was having some, of course, what is the show without technical difficulties? So earlier we were trying to stream. I was trying to stream before my big uh, conference call for the coalition. And I wasn't able to get stuff going. And then I go online and see that it was going. So the interface was the issue here at, at the studio. So Regardless to say, we have a ton of stuff to talk about. So first of all, check online. We've posted what we're now calling the interview. Uh, we don't have the capability to do interviews here at the home studio, but we do over at LifeSet TV. So from now on, all of the interviews will be there. And it's really fun because you get to see the person because they come in via Skype. So 
we'll be getting our interviews going again. Finally, after all these months since the summer when we made the huge change. So a few programming notes. If you're listening to the show, then you're listening at the correct place, whether you're at Fireside listening to the podcast or if you are listening on, let's say uh, you're watching, let's today is, is YouTube uh, is the live stream that's up. Facebook is acting like a Democrat. Don't have that going. But if you're listening on one of those channels, then you're hearing the representations of how you can get the show. If you are listening on American Family Radio, that is not me. Not only does that nice lady not sound like me and we have almost zero, you know, representational. I'm talking about how we sound and present information. That's not me. You should not be fooled into thinking that's me. You shouldn't even for one second think that that's me. Just like if you were listening to me, you wouldn't think that it's her. Nothing against her, but I'm not her. I'm no longer on AFR. You can find me here. If you are posting on my Facebook page and saying that I was on fire today on AFR, you probably didn't hear me there. And by probably, I mean you didn't. So please excuse me if I get a little bit of an attitude because I think you should know the difference between me and any other person. There aren't very many people on the face of this planet who sound like I do, nor do I think I sound like other people. So it's not insulting to say I'm no longer on AFR, so stop posting on my Facebook page that you heard me on there and blah, blah, blah. You didn't, okay? That's it. That's that's the programming note for that. So you can find the links to today's show at listen.stacyontheright.com. You can also check out the podcast itself of the shows. They are automatically posted after they go live on the audio version. That audio version also goes live over at stacyontheright.com. So you can find it there. Now, update on the coalition. Black Voices for Trump. We had over 140 mentions in the media in the month of November in the weeks after the launch. A number of op-eds have gone live. A number of uh, media hits have been, uh, you know, basically all over the place. We were kind of burning things up for a while there because people were taking notice. There are polls out there now showing that support for the president and the black community is as high as 36%. These are not being widely distributed by media. Why? Because why would you want to tell people awesome things about President Trump? Why would the media want black people to know that not only is it okay to vote for the president, but that other black people are making that consideration as well? So I just want to point out that the black community is most benefited by the policy of school choice. We're talking about charters. Um, the other available options that are cropping up in neighborhoods across the country that are giving black kids, black families, minority kids, minority families, and white families living in inner city environments, the opportunity to get their kids out of failed schools and into educational options that better suit their needs. Smaller schools with more accountability, with teachers who can be fired if they mess up because they don't have tenure. These are options that are coming available that Democrats want to take away from you. And if you want to keep those options, then you have to vote for somebody else. Democrats know that. That's why they're on the illegal alien tip so hard. They need to be with illegal aliens and have those people coming in and flooding to offset the number of black voters who are dive bombing out of the Republican Party. Point blank match. Okay, that's it. So uh, just know that. And share it with people. If you have people in your life who are like, why would you vote for President Trump? Well, school choice is one. And if they're not impacted by school choice, it's the jobs, okay? It's the job market. It's the ability to go out and be able to fund living in America on your own, 
outside of the government to make your own decisions, to have your livelihood be literally driven by what you can do, what you're willing to do, the work that you're willing to put in, to have that as an opportunity. Come on now. What's better than that? What could be better than that? I don't know. (laughs) But we could see, huh? So today on the show, I want to dive into a couple of issues. First of all, I don't know if you guys saw that um, there is an amazing resignation letter from a top aide from Kamala Harris's campaign. And so Kamala Harris, just to update you, has been running around America saying that the reason why her presidential campaign hasn't taken off is because she's a black woman and America's not ready for a black woman president. Now, not only is Kamala Harris not black like me, but she has absolutely no right to say that the reason why Americans aren't voting for her is because she's black or a woman. Americans are willing to vote for whoever the most qualified person is. So for her to say that means that she doesn't have any other, uh, she doesn't have a valid reason with which to be upset or, or you know, not having the, the, the votes that are coming into her. They're not coming into her because she's not presented any viable options for her candidacy that include benefiting Americans. Americans are looking for someone to vote for that will do some things that they want. For liberals, a lot of what they want is really bad for them, but still they have some ideas. They have an idea of what they want. So here you have her top aide resigning. Uh, We're going to dig into that. We're also going to talk about the blistering response from the White House uh, to Nadler's request that they participate in the impeachment hearing. Uh, We'll dive into that. And then we're going to probably, like the show's not going to be a full hour today. I already explained that in some of the other discussions that we've had about how we're moving forward with the show. We're not doing Friday shows anymore. And we're also having the show straight through with no commercials. And we're getting the information and then moving on. Now, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you see I have on headbands. I did not have, obviously, a live stream yesterday to show off the headband of yesterday, but it was December 1st, and so there was a headband, and that picture is posted on Instagram and Facebook. So this is day two of Christmas headbands for Stacy on the Right Show. We've been doing this for a few years now, and it's super fun. And this is one of our new options. It's Christmas ornaments in a headband. You got to love that. All right, so first... Let's delve into Senator Harris losing her staffer. Uh, And then we'll talk about Nadler's impeachment thing. Um, Embarrassing for him, really. Uh, Super embarrassing. So you've got uh, an aide on Senator Senator Kamala Harris's presidential staff campaign. She resigned in November, and she um, actually had a resignation letter. Instead of just sending a letter, I hereby resign, you know, good luck with everything, or it was a pleasure to work with you, she actually went into some of the issues that she experienced as a member of the staff. She said, quote, I've never seen an organization treat its staff so poorly. Now, the New York Times is reporting on this. Her name's Kelly Mellenbacher. She's a state operations director who was working on her third presidential campaign, so not a neophyte. She said she was looking at how many people had been laid off and the growing perception that the campaign was rudderless and faltering. Here's another quote from her. She says, with less than 90 days until Iowa, we still do not have a real plan to win. Wow. So she also criticized Harris's sister and campaign chair Maya and campaign manager Juan Rodriguez. Another quote, while I still believe that Senator Harris is the strongest candidate to win the general election in 2020, I no longer have confidence in our campaign or its leadership. Wow, the treatment of our staff over the last two weeks was the final straw in this very difficult decision. 
Now, the Times spoke with more than 50 current and former campaign staff members and allies who described the campaign as being in a disarray, in part because Harris and her top advisors have made poor decisions while about focusing on opponents, issues, uh, personnel choices, et cetera, et cetera. Now, does this mean that her, her campaign's over? Probably not. Kamala Harris loves the idea of being president so much that she's going to hang around a la Hillary Clinton. Very little chance of winning, but her main goal here at this point, since she's not a front runner anymore, is to hang around long enough to be considered a viable vice presidential contender. If she hangs around long enough and her popularity, it doesn't actually even have to crest. She doesn't, the, the vice presidential candidate is not usually the person who most likely would have won the nomination. It's a person that presents uh, a demographic representation for her. It's women and also black women, even though she's not the same kind of black person I am. Um, and I'm one of the regular ADOS blacks, you know, American descendants of slaves, you know, just a regular run into the mill black person, you know, who's an American. That's not Kamala Harris. So just like that wasn't Barack Obama. It's Michelle Obama, but not Barack Obama. You see what I'm saying? So if that difference means something, and it does to millions of black Americans, then Kamala Harris is not the right representation. But she is the person of color who's a woman who's running. So she's probably going to get to fill that role. And the chances of her being the vice presidential candidate are actually pretty high. Like it's actually a, a thing for her to have said in the beginning I want to be the vice president. So I'm going to run for the presidency. I'm going to put on the best showing I can, and I'm going to hang around the longest. I'm not getting out of the race, and I'll be at every single debate. And as long as I can make a moment or have, you know, a viral, uh, you know, question or answer or even something that just goes viral like me doing something and it becoming a meme, that's all I need to do to generate enough buzz to make sure that I'm one of the short lists, like one of the three people Whoever the nominee is will have to consider me as vice presidential candidate. So that's what she's doing. Um, I think it's, it's uh, you know, that it's the way the game is played. It does not represent her as someone who is actually representative of multiple tens of millions of Americans. Not at all. Uh, because if she was, her candidacy wouldn't be faltering. If black America was behind her, this would this whole resignation wouldn't be an issue. They would be raising more money. They wouldn't be laying off staff, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you can find the link to that uh, there at the um, listen.stacyonright.com. And then here's the other one, the, the, which I thought this is just brilliant on the part of President Trump and his campaign. And that is that the White House is rejecting Nadler's impeachment hearing invitation with a blistering response. So this is is exactly what we would expect the president to do, right? He sent over this letter. White House counsel Pat Cipollone derided the baseless and highly partisan Democratic impeachment investigation in a five-page letter that was sent out last night. So... He's claiming that the Democratic-led effort violates all past historical precedent, basic due process rights, and fundamental fairness. The Trump lawyers zeroed in on Nadler's upcoming hearing, which is set to focus on the, quote, historical and constitutional basis of impeachment, but remains largely shrouded in mystery, meaning they're not following the rules of procedure and they're not following previous impeachment proceedings as precedent on how to basically conduct this one. Now, they've scheduled this hearing to go on while the president is actually overseas at the NATO leaders meeting in London, which has 
understandably upset President Trump. We understand from rumors and press reports, though not from any notice provided in your letter or in the official notice of hearing, that the hearing will consist of an academic discussion by law professors. We understand this to mean that your initial hearing will include no fact witnesses at all. Quote, we cannot fairly be expected to participate in a hearing while the witnesses are yet to be named and while it remains unclear whether the Judiciary Committee will afford the president a fair process through additional hearings. More importantly, an invitation to an academic discussion with law professors does not begin to provide the president with any semblance of a fair process. Accordingly, under the current circumstances, we do not intend to participate at your Wednesday hearing. Cipollone argued that weeks of closed door and public testimony conducted by Chairman Adam Schiff's House Intelligence Committee showed that President Trump has done nothing wrong and that there's no reason for Nadler to continue the investigation in his committee. Now, I know for one thing that we, we're all under the same impression here, right? We know that the president has done nothing wrong. We know that this is a sham and we know that there, we're not receiving any um any any kind of due process on behalf of, of really either side. Because if you think about it, you can't conduct an investigation into whether or not the president did, uh, you know, a high crime or misdemeanor, whether he committed one, without interviewing witnesses, putting them under oath, and allowing rebuttal witnesses so that you can hear both sides. So when I say that it's unfair to the president and to the people who are conducting the hearing, if there is anyone on the Democratic side who is serious about this, if Americans on the Democratic side of the aisle and moderates and anybody else who's interested actually want to know whether or not the president engaged in some kind of wrongdoing, everyone who's interested in actually finding that out is being done a disservice here. So the idea that it's just Republicans who are being harmed by this is completely wrong and it's the incorrect way of thinking about this. What we want to do in all cases as Americans is, number one, we want to respect the fact that our Constitution has served us perfectly well this entire time that we've had a nation. And so anything that goes against that should immediately be suspect in our eyes because as taxpayers, we've already paid for and are paying for the constitutional processes that are set up and sticking to them means we're not wasting our money. Anything that goes outside of that means we are wasting our money. And if you spend the first quarter of the year or almost quarter of the year paying Uncle Sam before you earn your first dollar that goes to you, then you should be very concerned about that. Nextly, it makes our president, who represents all of us, whether you like it or not, just the way Barack Obama represented all of us when he was the president, which is what made his bowing and scraping to world leaders such a problem. If you're an American citizen, President Trump represents you as well. And when he's overseas at NATO and they're conducting basically an academic discussion in the House Judiciary Committee, this is a complete obfuscation of what they're supposed to be doing. Congress controls the purse strings. They're supposed to be voting on, first of all, the uh, MCTA, the Mexico-Canada Trade Agreement that's supposed to replace NAFTA. This is important work that they have to take up before they're done for the season. There are so many other things I could go into. We're actually going to be coming right out of Christmas, going into the State of the Union. Do you understand what the State of the Union address is supposed to be? It's not supposed to be a rebuttal to impeachment allegations. It's not supposed to be a partisan, you know, flim flam, you know, exercise. The State of the Union is where the president discusses with the American people before members of Congress and the Supreme Court of the United States and their invited guests exactly where the nation stands on all of the most pertinent issues impacting every single American. 
it's not just a show. It's not just a way to either, you know, elevate some people or smack other people down. It is an important address that the president makes to the nation. And he makes it on a yearly basis because we deserve to hear from him. He's the commander in chief, chief executive. We deserve to hear from him. So that's where we're going here. We, we have, uh, obviously, there's going to be a recess. There are only a few days left. I think eight days left where Congress and the Senate are going to be around to do any work. Then they're going to head back to their districts and have some time off with their families and with their constituents. They'll be doing some local meetings and things like that. But th- that's that's it for voting and actually getting stuff done in D.C. After the holiday, they will return and they'll be working. But they're also going to have some funding things that are going to be going on. And there's a whole list of activities that they're going to be engaging in. Passing the MCTA before they go out of, for the break would set the stage for hitting the ground running, prepared to tackle new issues in January. So the reason they're not doing that, because the MCTA vote would give President Trump another win. It would give him another way to describe to the American people how he has their economic interests at heart and the interests of Tens of thousands of Americans who've seen NAFTA destroy their livelihoods and their towns, all of those people would be given a a second wind, which helps the president. So what's more important to Democrats, helping the president or harming him and Americans because they don't want to see him reelected? Well, clearly the Democrats have that as their primary interest, not helping Americans. Does that tell you anything about who you should be voting for in November? I think it does. So uh, there, there's there's that. Um, and then I'm, I'm looking here. I had, um, oh, coalition update for black voices. So we are going to be having local events around the country. So I would, if I were you, uh, keep your eyes peeled for um, coalition announcements from people like for, for me, obviously, I'm in Missouri. So events in Missouri would be the ones that I would be hopefully participating in and, and even setting up. And we do have some cool things planned. Uh, the other coalition member for Missouri for Black Voices is Mason Weaver, who, as you know, has been on the program uh, just a ton of times. He's a good friend. So we'll be talking with him. And oh, also, we have another person, Cecilia Johnson. So we have three people um, in our coalition from the state of Missouri. So keep your eyes peeled for that. And then we'll be putting out information if you would like to contribute to the campaign Um uh, through the Black Voices Coalition to show your support for the co- coalition. That will be uh, something that we can do as well. Um, and as always, we appreciate you. So I was just want to say thanks. We have just getting back um, from the break and traveling. And it was this is one, my first trip to the D.C. metro area where I didn't actually go into D.C. Um, it was my first trip going and not doing any of that. And I have to say it was quite... It was it was a pleasure to go there and just do family stuff, just hang around with family. Um, you know how it is when you're hugging on your your aunts and you're just spending time with them cooking. We we just cooked like it was nobody's business. Um, ate too much, didn't sleep enough. Typical vacation. Glad to be back. Um, and so tomorrow we are going to have more great information for you right here on the show. The live stream will be at the regular time, and I'm so excited. I honestly, guys, just so excited to be back on the. Uh, on, on the radio, doing doing the show right here with you. Um, so you can go to stacyontheright.com and hit the subscribe button. You can also catch previous episodes. You can go to lifezet.com and click on the TV button and find the latest episode of today's show, which was just an interview. We're calling these the interview 
that's when you see that hashtag, you know, it's just me talking to some fantastic person about an issue and I'm lining somebody up for later on this week when we'll do it again. Uh, and then the 60 second spots, those are coming back. I'm so excited about those. You guys, the 60 second spots are coming back. They're coming back over at Life Zet. So we'll have some of those for you. As soon as I have them, I'll start posting them online and you can share them. Please share the show. If you like what you're hearing here, tell a friend, share the podcast with them, let them listen. And if you like it, you know, you're serious about it, do a review over at Google, Google Play or um, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, wherever you're listening to it, put a review in there. Uh, and that helps us move up in the rankings so more people will see the show. So hopefully that would be something that would happen and, and it'd be good. So um, that is all that I have for you today. We will have a much more full and uh, deep conversation tomorrow uh, on Stacy on the Right. And it's just been a pleasure to be with you. <sighs> yeah. Got to get out there and run some errands. If you see me in my headband, holler at me and say hi. All right. Until tomorrow. <laughs>